0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
1: Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How at participating stores. Standard ground shipping and exclusions apply.
3: We have ourselves a Catwoman. Zoe Kravitz is lining up for Matt Reeves' movie. We've
0: got a full spoiler review of The Joker. Full spoilers. Go see it. Come back. Watch the review because it's going to be spoiler-tastic.
3: But wait. We also have some Kevin Feige news.
0: Breaking news during the intro graphics.
3: We are going to have to parse out what these titles mean and just maybe make things up about what they mean, because that's basically all we can do with this information. are all titles made up? I mean, they are a little. <laughs> as, as Thor might say, all words are made up. All words are made up.
0: Joining Welcome. us today for Made Up Words... As Thor might say, are they?
4: (laughs) What's up, breaking news? I can't wait. I'm happy to be back on the show talking about all this stuff. Looking forward to it. Let's get it on.
3: It's Collider Heroes number 327. And first off, we heard just this morning that Kevin Feige has received a promotion.
4: Yes. Uh,
3: He is the chief creative officer for Marvel. Now, I'm parsing my words very carefully there because Marvel has a lot. It's like Hydra in that it has many arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is unlike Hydra in many other ways, but uh, <laughs> it has a lot of different branches. And we're I'm very curious what this means exactly because he has been – the head of Marvel Studios, which a few years ago was moved away from Marvel Entertainment, the comic book publishing side that we all are familiar with, mm-hmm. and under the direct authority of Disney. Okay. Timeline. Mm-hmm. Disney's a company. Marvel's a company. Marvel has a lot of adventures, goes bankrupt, get bought, all kinds of stuff happens. But they're an independent comic book company with, uh, who licenses out their stuff until, whatever, circa 2009? Mm-hmm. Eight? Mm-hmm. When did the actual purchase happen? Uh-
0: the first three films were on their own, yeah. so it would have been 2010? Yes. Because it was after Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. right? Timeline sound right? Sounds 2010-ish? Right. Sounds At
3: right. some time around when they, they launched the slate of post-Iron Man films, but before Avengers came out, yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so between so, 2010 and
0: 2012 in that case.
3: Disney buys Marvel. Uh, Marvel has uh, created their own filmmaking arm called Marvel Studios. Uh, that's all operating under Disney, but a different guy named Ike Perlmutter is the head of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Now, a few years into that relationship, they move Kevin Feige and his arm of the Empire over to Disney proper, mm-hmm. which owns both, so for them, it's all the same, but it's interesting for us as comic book fans because now Marvel is two units.
4: Just to be clear, this is a 30-minute show, Amy, so Okay. <laughs> uh, go ahead, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. So these things called movies. Whiteboard uh, of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, yeah, let's go on I, mean, a, uh, the question <laughs> you I like the way Conspiracy board.
3: Because it's what's so interesting about this news for me um, is that since that time, because everybody's just going at once. Comic books keep doing their thing. Movies keep doing their thing. TV exists in this sort of weird third category Mm -hmm. where Marvel TV, headed by Jeff Loeb, does a bunch of other stuff.
0: But no more.
3: That's the thing. So someone sum up, like, today's announcement is... That Feige now has direct authority creatively mm-hmm. over all of those Marvel branches.
0: Yep. If Dorian was here, he'd be very upset because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got canceled for a reason. Yeah. Like, the one above all is now Kevin Feige. He, mm-hmm. he is TV. He is film. It looks like he's going to be other branches of entertainment, not comics, I assume. Mm-hmm. But it He seems has like he-
3: oversight over the entire thing, including technically creative direction for comics, according to the structure they're laying out. Now, all of the comic book leadership is still in place. Right. They are probably going to carry on with business as usual. Mm-hmm. But technically, creatively speaking, they now answer to Kevin in a way they did not before. Now, on games Mm -hmm. and licensing and other elements of what Marvel Comics, as we know it, they're called Marvel Entertainment, but I'm going to keep saying Marvel Comics because it's already confusing, Uh, they are going to probably carry on doing business as usual. In gaming and licensing and and events and some Mm -hmm. of the other partnerships and things, they still report to Ike Pohlmutter, head of Marvel, uh, in that way, president of Marvel, I want to say. But
0: but Kevin Feige doesn't report to Ike. He He reports to Alan Horn. Mm Mm-hmm. What does it mean? So Kevin reports uh, to Disney. Right. And Joe Quesada's still there. C.B. Cebulski's still there. So mm-hmm. that's still comics. All the rest of that is still in place. So I don't know what Ike does, and that's okay because I don't like a lot of his decisions.
4: Right. Well, I think they're only getting like, – I think things that are running, they're running, going to run as they are now. Mm-hmm. What's going to change is that Feige is in the room to at least consult and if and guide if need be. Uh, it doesn't mean he. everything will have to pass through Kevin and Kevin decides who gets in. and who gets No, it's more He's a not matter of...
3: Uh, lining up freelancers for the backup stories it, in the next Thor exactly. annual. Exactly. I mean, he probably could if he decided to, but uh, he probably already could have done that if he wanted to make that phone call. I
4: guess so, uh, but that Sony guy told me he was really busy. So maybe, <laughs> I don't know. So you look at this situation, and to me, this just means that, look, they saw what Kathleen Kennedy did with Star Wars, right? They mm-hmm. handed everything to Kathleen Kennedy, and she said, that stuff's legends, doesn't exist... All this is canon. Comic books, video games, everything. So they see the way that worked and the cohesiveness of that. Now, you can argue the results of those films all you want. It's irrelevant. It's what they like—the fact that one person is in charge of the direction of everything. So I think they saw that model, and they want and they move Kevin into that position. I also think let him do the Star Wars movie and giving him this is a way to placate Kevin more than anything else.
3: And <laughs> Please maybe, don't get bored and leave. Yeah,
4: exactly. And maybe even line him up to slide into Iger spot at some point down the road. That is certainly possible. So I think just all this means is that Kevin is deciding the direction of a lot of the Marvel stuff, and because of his ten-year track record, yeah. I think they see that this is a positive move overall because there's been all kinds of rumors about him moving to other places or switching to other places This is the way to lock Kevin down and he's in charge of film and TV and who knows I don't have a problem with this because I think now having TV connect up to the film can r- remove that irritating aspect of having to enjoy the Marvel Netflix shows but know that they don't really line up to the right. movie so all of that uh, uh, we don't know how long this is going to be for the Disney Plus those shows but it certainly means that Kevin will be um, how got to say this Kevin will be the person who decides the direction of those kinds of things comic books I I don't know how much of saying that video games a little more say, I'm sure, but the film and TV stuff is where he's going to focus the most. And that I think is a positive overall I have one person in charge of it all. So what you're
0: saying is he's good at wearing many hats. That's what I'm saying, yes. Uh, uh, and I think the, like the, I did the VR experience, and yeah. it's, it's like side canon. It's really cool mm-hmm. because it takes place within the MCU to the point where you're an Avenger, effectively. It's so cool. You go into the world of the movies, and you get to experience it in a way that I've never done because I've never done VR. So mm-hmm. I think having Kevin Feige... In this position will allow more things to be like that, where it's a new format, a new medium, but within the universe that he's built. And, I mean, as far back as 2000's X-Men, he's the guy that got Wolverine's hair right. So My favorite
3: anecdote that of, like, trust in Feige. So 20
0: years, Mm -hmm. because that was released in 2000, which means that moment probably happened in 99. So for two decades, Kevin Feige (laughs) Feige has given us great comic book content. So for me... Anyone that's concerned, I think this is the best possible move because it gives us one voice, one direction, and that's a very positive one.
4: Yeah, and to answer Amy's point, he's gonna according to the deadline, he's gonna continue to report to uh, Alan Horn and to Alan Bergman. Uh, but he is here's how the reporting structure will line up right now. Under Kevin Feige. Dan Buckley will continue as president of Marvel Entertainment, where Ike Proder remains as chairman. So all of that stays in place. It's just that You know,
0: Kevin's in the room.
4: That's what it means. (laughs) Kevin's in a lot of rooms is what it means. And I think, uh, like we said, I think it's overall not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. But Amy is right to be like, well, who what gets changed, what doesn't get changed, I think we'll see down the road, but I think they want everything like synergy. They want every if the character's going to do this in the comic book, they want it to line up to a degree in the uh, video game and then in the movie. Yeah, Yeah. We are seeing the positive
3: benefits of of seeding people who care about that stuff in the right places. Like Bill Roseman over at Marvel Games Mm -hmm. uh, works he came out of the comic book side as an editor on those books, and I think it shows because a lot of the Marvel games and the mobile games and things, they are infused Mm -hmm. with authenticity and the spirit of the comics in a way that I really appreciate and I feel like having the right people at those key positions makes that happen Mm -hmm. and if Kevin Feige was a random movie guy and they handed him the keys to Marvel with influence over the comics I'd be terrified but he's not a random guy he's Kevin Feige so I'm pretty excited
0: I think his obsession with the material is only going to make things better the more power he has and Mm -hmm. I rarely I'm like give someone more power but give Kevin Feige more power (laughs) he's earned it like when you earn a promotion you earn a promotion so 20 years the man should oversee everything
3: obviously we all hope that there's no like baby. with with the bathwater effect, in terms of the like the wonderful people who've done work, you know, we are big runaway stands, and oh, that yeah. has been its own thing under Marvel TV, which has done great work. So, hopefully, I'm just gonna cross my fingers that all the people who do the work I love get to keep doing it in some new form that is a little more coherently organized, yeah. much
0: like Deadpool making nearly a billion dollars twice. I don't imagine that they're gonna look at that and be like, Neh. like the same with runaways, like it's done very well for Hulu. I can't imagine he's gonna be like, it wasn't my idea. I feel like it's gonna do very well under that leadership. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we're we're in for a great phase four, five, six, 17,
3: 97. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of being in for exciting things, I am completely on board for our new Catwoman. Y'all, we have another Catwoman coming, and it is Zoe Kravitz. Uh, what do you think?
0: I I mean it makes so much sense. It was one of those announcements where I saw it and I was like, well, yeah, that, that <laughs> sure yeah. she sure is Catwoman. Yeah, I think like, that's why I didn't burn up Twitter because I was like, that eh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah like, they moved on from yeah, it. Yeah, good call. Yeah, good call. Robert Pattinson <laughs> was like, oh wait, I should have thought of that. And then in controversy. Jonah Hill was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Different take. Mm. This was like. I can see the mask on her face like it just lined up I agree that's why Twitter wasn't crazy it was yeah. just math yeah. <laughs> a friend of the
4: show Kalinowski was worried that people would come out and be uh, upset about a black cat woman but I, I, and I responded back to him on Twitter and I said "No, because the history of Catwoman has two different women black women who've played it I think yeah. she's been black as much as she's been white yeah that's what I'm yeah. saying Eartha Kitt and Halle, Halle Berry and now Zoe Kravitz counters uh, Lee w- Meriwether Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, uh, Anne, Hathaway. Hathaway. Anne Hathaway and I think there's another white cat woman in Batman the series but I can't remember Offhand in there my was head. a third, so there was a third, and I can't remember what her name was, but yeah, all those. So there's a balance here. Is
3: Julie Newmar, Catwoman, or Julie Black Newmar? Girl? That's
4: yeah. it. Yep, good call. Then, then that's the uh, thing for Seven Brides Seven Brothers. She's in that as well. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We always stop the show for old musical references. Yeah, always, that's a go. rule. I'm
4: saying, she's really good in that full uh, outlaw moment. I just saw the down Yeah, happen. it's true. It's true. <laughs> so, but this, but the, I think that's why the collective consciousness didn't get all upset about it, and actually was like, yeah, this makes most sense because she's great. She's perfect age for what they mm-hmm. want to go for as well. And Zoe is building her career, and yeah. this is third generation. Some people were shocked that she's the daughter of Zoe Krevitz. I mean, L- Lanny Krevitz uh, 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 and uh, Lisa Bonet. But here's another one. She's also the granddaughter of Ro- Roxy Roker from the Jefferson. So this is like. Legacy. This <laughs> is legacy, people. So Which I like means that there. Aquaman is her stepdad. That's right. Which, Which is so cute. Did <laughs> you there's see no his? No way. They don't make a joke about that.
3: He, he sent the cutest Instagram post, I think, or, uh, or where he was just like, so proud of you. You're in the DC family. Oh, and like, oh. they're shouting at his kid to me, like, their sister is Catwoman. It was just the most adorable.
0: She's also both Lego Catwoman and Mary Jane. That's She's right. Very busy. That's, right. Yeah. That's uh, right. For me, it really works because I can totally see the intrigue and that really like sexy. Spy drama between the two of them, as weird as that sounds. Like I can see Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz having the bat and cat relationship. Oh, sure. As soon as this was announced, I was like, oh, I want to see that tension. I want to mm-hmm. see that flavor. And now this gives us like the idea of how this can shape out. Like, I can't imagine Catwoman's gonna be a small part now. Right. Now it's gonna be a second lead.
3: I hope so. I think that would be a lot of fun. And mm. and what you were saying, I haven't personally seen a lot of negative reaction. It doesn't mean it's not happening. Sure, sure, sure. It, like, uh, But it is funny. I would like I would like us to be past that, because I often think, like, we're definitely done with that. And then they cast a fantasy series I love for Amazon that's being adapted, Wheel Mm -hmm. of Time. Like, they did... Inclusive casting and in Twitter was a mess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's so every time I think we're really done with that, it turns out we are not completely done with that. So I'm just going to cross my fingers that this time it's just like, no, everybody's on board. Everybody remembers Eartha Kitt. This yeah. is a totally fine thing. Even if there wasn't precedent, she would be a rad pick for Catwoman. Let's get on board. I
0: keep cultivating my Twitter and I keep being like, the world's better. I'm like, no, you just muted everyone. <laughs> like I always oh. look
4: at my list. I'm like, no, I just hid the monster. Yeah, I love, I love doing that. It makes <laughs> it makes social media so much it's better a brick- experience. Cr- To mute or block is such a better experience (laughs) on social media. Um, uh, One thing I want to say to you guys, and and I want to walk the line of this carefully because I want to make sure it does not mean that because she's black, she has to be related. It's just an idea. Okay. Would it be interesting if they messed with the mythology of Batman a little bit and she, if Commissioner Gordon is black, she's Commissioner Gordon's daughter instead of Barbara Gordon. Would that be interesting? Maybe she's not Selina Kyle. Or if they said Alfred is black. Remember, they, they tied in Barbara Gordon to Alfred in that Schumacher Batman. They
3: sure did. They yeah. Sure try. That is Which, a
4: fact. For the record, I have still never finished watching. I really? will never finish watching you Batman. You got to see Robin. the climactic
3: no. ending Batman. of that one.
4: As soon as the motorcycle chase was over, I walked out of the theater and I've never <laughs> ever put it back on again. I mean, so, I'm saying I, I really can't did. Believe
3: you have I,
4: I, I remember I was in Springfield Mall I was on the aisle seat I literally walked up Said fuck this Walked on up <laughs> oh, oh excuse me Sorry sorry So anyway Whiteboard of justice. Yeah I'm gonna get in trouble <laughs> Shoot
2: I'm you're in trouble now We everywhere.
4: can
3: just tell you Things happen yeah. in the end of that film And you're not gonna know No I'm not gonna Cause know Cause nothing could be weirder it Than what up actually a,
0: happens it, Exactly it this, up, When Jack Nicholson Comes back from the dead yeah,
3: I can't believe you didn't see that
1: Yeah
0: Good they point. all just
3: explode and two so- minutes before the ending and it goes completely black. It was a the oh, Lost choice. Boys
0: crossover because yeah. Joel Schoenmaker's like, I made the Lost Boys. There's got to be vampires in this Batman movie. <laughs> so that's actually crazy. But yeah. the opposite of that, theoretically, the Batman, a detective movie, yeah. uh, I think that this gives us even more credibility towards the type of film he's assembling. And I think we might get along Halloween like we keep talking about.
4: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you're
0: fighting a bunch of villains, you need an anti hero to team up with. Right. And I could easily see this being the cat and mouse game mm-hmm. of her having to help him. And I'd love to see Zoe Kravitz in that role.
3: It is funny. like She's such good casting that, like you, Koi, it makes me hope that this is a substantial part of the movie because Mm -hmm. part of the problem with assembling a rogues gallery to be suspects is that a lot of them, like Agatha Christie style, you gotta introduce them quick and have them be Mm -hmm. memorable background people. And we're gonna be hungry for more. Mm -hmm. We're gonna want... Like especially with some of these characters, if you're just like suspect number seven, it's going to be a a real roller coaster for us who live Mm -hmm. on these casting announcements to be like, don't get too attached. That person might not be a huge part of the film. They're just going to memorably fill out that rose gallery. When we get to the actual film, it'll be fine. We all love beautiful background. Yeah, unless it's Condomen King. Suspect
0: number seven is Condomen King. He can be as big or small part (laughs) he wants, but I'm there for it.
3: But despite just giving the advice not to get too 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 attached to that, I'ma immediately get attached because I think she's going to be a great Catwoman, and I hope we. A lot of her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't disagree. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited for this movie. Like yep. the Batman. Every, every announcement gets me more ready. So yep. give it. Let's make mm-hmm. it.
3: Up. Uh, so they're filling out the cast for Matt Reeves' Batman. That's coming at us soon. But coming at us even sooner is Arrow season eight. It is premiering tonight, mm. and we got to talk to Joseph David Jones, uh, who was delightful. Check it out. And we know, of course, that the the universe created there is going to continue, no. uh, and you get to be there for the the big finale. Yeah. I uh, i just broadly, out of curiosity, <laughs> are you, as we as comic book fans, are excited for some kind of crisis on Infinite Earth?
2: Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like the biggest crossover that's ever been done it's on insane. television history, and it's it's huge for the network. <laughs> I don't know how much I can say about this. Um, but like Mark, he went to Warner Brothers with
0: like this this laundry list of things and he was like, I want this.
2: Yeah. And they're like, All right, well settle. Some-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: know if we can get Christian Bale <laughs> <this thing. laughs> But we, we need is, Ben
0: Affleck, yeah, Christian Bale, George Clooney, we, Val Kilmer, Alder and yeah. Michael Keaton. Yeah. God.
1: yeah.
0: If we don't get Adam West, yeah. then what are we doing? On so the Warner Brothers lot, just like looking at stages, yeah. like, mm, Yes, we're going to we need a but we can do
3: this. Yes,
0: we yeah. will oh make this happen.
1: God, I would like man. a
0: Tupac laser hologram of Christopher Reeve.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <Aww. laughs>
3: So, obviously, that conversation was a blast.
0: That's what I normally sound like.
3: <laughs> You're doing so well. I'm so sorry. It's she just, was so great. And I couldn't I, let you out of this because I need to know what you think about things. I
0: get it. I get it. Uh, I Can I say VR? The coolest. Oh
3: yes! Tell me more about this, by the way.
0: But because I know we got Polis and we got Joker, but the VR experience—that the madness of what the Void and like the Marvel team built. Tell me what the Void is. So the Void is the company that that runs the VR stuff. That mm-hmm. they did a Star Wars one, they did a Wreck-It Ralph one, and now they have a Marvel's Avengers. Uh, and it has so much canon that you've wanted to see in the movies, and so many. It feels like. Not just a deleted scene But it feels like A deleted series of scenes That you're in So it's like When you read those Choose your own adventure goosebumps Or like choose your own
3: You know a deleted series of scenes Is a movie right? No it's not
0: <laughs> No it's not You know what It was a deleted movie I'm just saying- Also an unreleased film. You starred in an Avengers movie, basically, is what I'm hearing, right? Yeah, I just got shut down by Amy Dallin No, I'm hyping
3: you up.
0: So it was an unreleased Uh, film, like New Mutants, that I got to experience. Yes. But it was really cool because there's so much of the voice cast, and there's so many. I don't want to give a single thing away, but the Avengers are with you, and this is in the trailer, so it doesn't give anything away. You're wearing, effectively, a Wakandan Iron Man suit. What? Mm. So they have... Shuri, make a suit off of Stark Tech and Wakandan Tech, and you wear it. And I'd never done VR, so I know with Star Wars you're holding like a gun as a Stormtrooper. This somehow measures your hands without any sensors <laughs> on them. So you're doing this, and it reads them all. You have no gloves on. How it did that, I'll never <laughs> understand. And you're doing stuff like Iron Man, and it knows where your hands are. And you're going through storylines. You experience. I, I, it's so hard not to give anything away, but... It feels like you're in a comic book in a way that I thought movies had accomplished, but it goes another level. So if movies I can't the, believe you
3: ever came out, did I, they just force you to leave? They were eventually? like,
0: sir, we're closed. And I was like, no, you're not. You're close when I say you're close. But it was like um, if movies are the spaces between panels, this is the space between frames. So it's like that next evolution of being a part of a movie and you feel like a superhero and the extra sensory stuff's incredible. The storyline itself, you can tell it's written by comic fans. Mm. You can tell the people that made this love the MCU and comics and everything about it is just so sweaty. Everything's just so nerdy and good. Um, And I I would do it like five times in a row if they hadn't told me to leave, sir. Please, politely. Uh, That is
3: fantastic. I'll be back in Anaheim. I'll be
0: back on 3rd Street. I will be there often. It's incredible.
3: And when you can't be there, you will be picking up some comic books because we have a pull list today. Oh,
4: Amy, look at the smooth transition.
3: (laughs) It's a a real fun show today. Bam. (laughs) we are going to start out with an indie pick, Something is Killing the Children. Uh, number two is out this week. This is one you might have missed.
0: First one's great. Uh, and we also have Absolute Carnage, number four, the penultimate issue and one of my favorite miniseries in a long time, Ryan Stegman on art, Donny Cates writing it, a powerhouse book.
3: We have a brand new book calling back to one of my favorite pieces of DC history. We've got Superman Smashes the Clan, number one, which is exactly what it sounds like, a throwback to the Superman, radio serial where he confronted the KKK and publicly embarrassed them, and you have to look this story up. It's the best. <laughs> it's just the best. I'm so excited they're doing this. What's up next?
0: Our number four draft pick is X-Men number one, and this is a variant cover by one of my favorite artists in the game, Mark Bagley. I love this cover. I'm so excited for this book post Hoxpox. Pox. Mm.
3: <laughs> we will get into Hawks and Pox on Giant Size, but you obviously need to be picking this one up. And also, you might want to know that mm. the Critical Role comics, which are currently rolling along in monthly releases for volume two, they were digital only for their first run, and it is out in print at last today, uh, or tomorrow, depending on when you're reading this. On Wednesday, the Vox Machina Origins volume is available in shops for any of my D&D nerds who might not know that they can go get their hands on this. I
0: love that Mercer, Marisha, and Taliesin in a comic. Kind of yeah. Like that, that just makes me so happy. It's- I just... It's pretty great. Heart.
3: Anything from there jump out at you, John? I think
4: it's the uh, Superman versus the Clan. It's such an awesome design and work and I love the vibe of it kind of, you know, you know, sometimes you look at something that it looks like, oh, that's for kids, but then you look at it like, oh, no, no, that's for the kid inside of me. Yeah. And so it's like that's that kind of vibe looks Fantastic. And the X-Men number one. I'm like, uh, you know, Amy talks about this all the time. How many times can you renumber these things? But, you know, (laughs) but I I don't mind it. You know, when you're coming out with something strong like this, you're like, okay, good. Let me jump into this here because it's one. That means I can jump in here and see what's up. So we always remember we all of us have been reading these things for decades. But sometimes we forget there are new people coming up. who are Mm -hmm. just going to take a number one and go and run with it and want to start a new series, even though it's an old uh, uh, team. So I'm down with it.
3: Yeah, it's a really interesting moment because we're coming out of the 12-week Hickman event that uh, yeah. he oversaw with his wonderful artists that has just wrapped up. shift on time, shocking all Amazing. of us. Uh, not the Shaded Marvel, Shaded the entire comic book industry. That's literally never happened. Uh, <laughs> but it did. It all came out on time, which means we are ready for the... No fewer than six, possibly up to eight or nine, depending on announcements, new X-Men books, but they start this week with X-Men number one.
0: I'm so excited for new X-Men. I'm, I mean, you know what I mean? New X-Men. Yeah, I want to call it new X-Men. I'm so excited for a new round of X-Men just because- just going
3: to confuse people. Uh, That's uh, the uh, yeah. informal name for the Grant Morrison. Grant, Grant Morrison, Morrison Jonathan Hickman's Comics. new X-Men
0: 2019. <laughs> But I, I, too, that's my number one pick of the week just because I have no idea what it's going to be after Hawkspox, because that, that, that mini is just absolutely crazy. I also realize that Mark Bagley, along with John Amater Jr., are probably the only two people I run from at cons. Uh, John Meter Jr. was at LA Comic Con and I couldn't say hi to him because like, there's something about artists from my childhood that I, I saw him and I was like, oh no and I like scampered away and I think Mark Bagley's the only other it was guy. was
3: me trying to make words in front of Chris Claremont last year. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had to make two trips because I literally just bailed the first time uh, I was just like eh, you, you're, you're, Thanks, bye It might be
0: for the best that I didn't know Brian K. Vaughn was at House of Secrets because I probably would have opened the door and been like, nah, and turned around <laughs> <laughs> You made sock <saga>, can't <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, so, meanwhile, it is time, if you have not yet seen a certain movie yet, mute us now, because from here on out, we are in the spoiler zone, and we are ready to talk the half a billion dollar making and no signs of slowing, Joker. Joker. Uh, we are in full spoilers mode for Joker, which is making all the money at home and abroad, which I thought was a really interesting surprise for this whole process, uh, garnering mostly very positive reviews, uh, and we're ready to get into it, y'all. What couldn't you say last week, Coy?
0: Uh, that the ending when he discovers the Joker is amongst my favorite Elseworld experiences I've had, period. Mm. In a comic, in a show, in anything, because... This wasn't a Joker I've lived with before. And I love that I spent, and I said this on our our non-spoiler, but I can elaborate now. The first two acts, I was like, is it going to stick the landing where he feels like the Joker? Or am I going to go, am I going to leave this movie? Like, well, Todd Phillips said it wasn't a comic movie. And there were hints of it. But by the time we got to the third act, to me, I could feel the fact that he was the Joker because the violence he chose felt like the Joker. The, the lines of comedy he chose felt like the Joker. And ever since that, that the stairway scene, even the way he ran changed. So when they got to the talk show, the choices in his violence and the choices of like kissing that journalist or the, the, the woman and like the way he... When he killed De Niro, all of that to mm. me was so trademark. I could see that animated. I could see that in a comic. I could see that with speech bubbles. And I was just so enthralled by the fact that I started this movie like this is this beautiful, gritty 70s drama. And I didn't know how it would land there. But somehow in two hours... It got to the point where it was suddenly animated to me almost, and I was, I was so enthralled by the fact that it had become a comic book movie yeah. that it, it's amongst my favorite comic films of all time. That's so awesome.
4: Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to pull the curtain Amy is struggling to say Because she doesn't want to say anything negative about a film That she didn't 100% enjoy And I totally respect that And I would like to hear uh, what she thinks Absolutely Because as much as we love it I'm always I'm also aware of why people don't like it And I think this is the biggest thing For me to say that it's empty bothers me To say that it's lazy or it has nothing to talk about I find that insane I mm-hmm. think Talk about their issues with the – if you have issues with the storylines, issues with some of the acting. Fine. Those are things that I can understand. But with Joker, I enjoyed it for so many reasons. A, the score is incredible. It's mm-hmm. otherworldly that score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put it on the other day and I got really angry at the office, so I turned it off because it's that kind of – it's that kind <laughs> it's of not score. walk-around music job. Yeah, no, I know. It hits certain notes. <laughs> and you're like, ooh. And so anyway, but the performances are incredible. And here's the thing. For everybody, it's like, oh, Heath Ledger's Joker, Heath Ledger. There is, without, throughout the film, rather, he's an, un, the film itself is an unreliable narrator. We do not know what is real and what isn't real. From the beginning, including the stuff with the mom, we don't know. Did she have sex with Thomas Wayne and have the kid and Thomas Wayne, like, had her committed because he's rich she and is powerful? Just plausible. It's plausible, or did they not have sex, and she is crazy, and they, and he did it for her good. We don't know. And so like the Joker in Dark Knight, he is giving you multiple possible origins for this person. And we don't know what to, what to believe and what not to believe. And at the end, a lot of people say, oh, it glorifies the Joker at the end because he's held up by those people. How do you know that actually happened? You don't. And those people are unsavory people anyway. So being liked by him doesn't make him a glorified hero in any way, shape, or form. It makes him actually a worst person to be beloved by that riotous crowd and then at the end is when they finally get him to be the Joker. Finally, when he kills that psychiatrist and anybody who feels sympathy for the Joker after that movie is insane. He is a terrible terrible person yes did he have origin story that was possibly induced by a physical attack as a child yes did he was he brought up in a world that was uncaring and unfeeling yes but he also chose to react to it in this way he was not an unwilling victim that went along with it he says himself i felt never more alive than killing and i don't feel bad and i'm tired and with robert de niro he says that i'm tired of feeling bad or acting a certain way that i'm supposed (laughs) to act because society wants me to act this way. I don't want to act this way. This is who I am. He's an evil person.
0: He is not a good person. I also like that the moments that glorify him, since it's all from his point of view, he seeks yes! that glory. Yes. So the moment he struts down those stairs is when he has found the glory in being evil. Yeah. So the movie glorifies an evil man being evil because he's telling you the story. So for me, the way the narrative structure of the film wrote its own answers, it always solved the problem that I keep reading about because to me, it does everything to tell you like, Hey, don't be this guy. Right. And it keeps like reminding you like his life's horrible. I mean, him killing that psychiatrist at the end is
4: horrific. Mm -hmm. And that's the final nail. I think that Todd's like, no, do not cheer for this guy. And as I said before, and real quick, of course, uh, Coppola did not want you to like Michael Corleone after The Godfather. Yeah. He was mad that the fandom, that fans, movie lovers, loved Michael Corleone. So he made him even more vicious in the second film. So you'd really hate him. And there Tyler is a, Durden is, an is an the villain. Yeah.
3: Well, there's an interesting separate conversation to be had yeah. about the idea of what we depict and what we glorify in movies yeah. when it comes to things like Fight Club and things like Godfather, uh, where it is sort of... it is very difficult to argue that you watch The Godfather and the people in it don't seem cool because of course they seem cool. Mm. It's a movie centering their perspectives and like watching their downfall in a beautiful and thoughtful way but giving space to them and putting their stories front and center. Like that's a separate argument that I'm pretty interested in about like which things are depicting and which things are glamorizing Mm. and even Scorsese over time is is, as he gets around to other things like when he makes Wolf of Wall Street. Is he depicting or is he glamorizing? Is casting Leonardo to Caprio inherently glamorizing because it's very hard to look at that guy and not be like right on you know real glamorous <laughs> that guy. Which feels bad because it's like I'm not trying to take acting opportunities away from Leonardo right, DiCaprio. Right, right. But that's an interesting sort of question. I don't know my basic take that you mm. you know from talking last week is that I unfortunately or what I feel is unfortunate for me is that I refreshed a lot of the influences right before watching this film mm-hmm. and therefore the way that it drew from its influences for me mm-hmm. became a distraction. Uh, and I love that I saw some of what you said on Twitter that you felt like it really took those influences and remixed them into something of its own. Yeah. And I I sort of, I would like to have gotten that out of it, but I had a different experience with it. Fair point. And it, it, you know, that was the, that's sort of the line for like, but, you know, I'm I'm thrilled that like they took a chance on this material, that it's being met with success in this way. Uh, It just, things that played as, cool, unreliable narrator tricks in some cases. I And I like that kind of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. There were moments where it played as trying to have it both ways for me, where it then resulted in not adding up to something, mm-hmm. uh, taking a series of moments and aesthetics that don't necessarily like, I guess it might be that like, maybe I am more leaning on the screenplay aspects or the resultant screenplay mm-hmm. aspects of what we got uh, but like again, like I said last week, I like the cinematography, I like the performances, yeah, yeah, yeah. but things to me, like uh, I, for me, one story element that was that didn't work the most was the Beats storyline, right? Um, because it, it, I am usually a pretty easy mark for falling in love with characters and their stories, and the, the reveal of what, that that had been in his head, which does go along with the storyline mm. thing. I think didn't maybe hit for me the way it should have for this film to be its most effective. Oh, okay. Um, Because it would have needed a different kind of buy-in from me along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've talked to some folks about it, uh, and I'm curious what other people's reads on it are, but, uh, you know, you want moments like that to break your heart. And uh, I had been sort of... Having a different experience of being like, huh, this is sort of odd. Mm -hmm. Um, And... That takes away from the power of the reveal for me well,
4: in that interesting. film. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I guessed it from the second time, second scene with them, and I was like, oh, this is on his head, isn't it? And I was, just, I'm like hoping that it's on his head because it seemed very clumsily done. But I don't think you're supposed
3: point. to hope that it's in his head. Well, I,
4: that's fair. But I, I, like you said, different experiences. Yeah, like yeah. for me, that's what I, I knew. I was like, okay, this is in his head or God I hope is going to say it, because I, that would be clumsy filmmaking by Todd if it wasn't. Mm. And then when the reveal happened, I was like, yeah, that makes sense, and whatever. There were some people, though, who reacted pretty loudly to the reveal who were sitting behind me mm. uh, who didn't think it was done that way, and I, I was shocked by that. But I, I had another take. I hear your point, because it also reduces Zay-Z to just an accompaniment... A, accompaniment to the situation rather than a fully fleshed out character on its own with her own storylines, her own narratives, her own push.
3: Well, and then there's the different takes on like, what do we think happens to her? And how do I feel about not knowing? I'm fine not seeing it, but I'm not sure how I feel about not knowing. Yeah, But Uh, it is Joker's movie and it's his perspective. I was
0: afraid she was manipulating him Mm. Uh, when they, when she came to the doorway and started like, oh, this guy's crazy. And she was like, I'm about it. I was really afraid that it was going to be a Zazie is the one that pushes him over the edge by not liking him anymore. Mm. So I'm actually glad it was that twist because I didn't want her to be, like, the evil woman that breaks the Joker. Because the last thing I wanted was the, like, then Harley becomes, like, a kind of a, a parallel to how he felt. like. So mm. the fact that she was imaginary made me, like, oh, that's a relief. It's not evil Sazi. Mm. So right. for me, I never saw it as a negative because it was a relief. So I can see what you're saying, but since I had such a strong, like, yay, she's not real, that worked for me. Um And overall, like... what it was able to make me feel is unlike anything i felt in a movie. So, like, I I don't like roller coasters because I get sick. I get motion sick. So when I get off a roller coaster, I'm like, why do people like that? (laughs) This, to me, was like... Oh, I feel awful. Oh, I love that. So it was a really interesting, I don't go be, I don't self-flagulate. Like I don't go out to be upset, but I've seen this movie three times and every time it's upset me. And I think that's really interesting art that you can make something like you don't eat food that's spoiled. You don't watch car crashes, but this movie is putting you in a position to be like, I don't like this experience. I want more. Mm -hmm. And I love that art can do that because I've never experienced it.
3: That's beautiful. John, final thoughts? Uh,
0: I, I say it's a film that you have to savor
4: and enjoy. I totally respect if you don't. If it's not your cup of tea, that's what great art is. Sometimes you don't like it. Sometimes you do. There are people who hated Picasso, too. Like, this is how it works. And I'm not saying it's Picasso. I'm just saying. <laughs> any, any piece of art that people have arguments about, to me, indicates that it's an art that is worth uh, uh, paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And I think this is... And one last thing. Sometimes pushing the genre is not comfortable. And this certainly, in my opinion, push the genre. This is the first film that, in my mind, when I saw it, I was like, I could see this winning Best Picture. And this the, All the other ones, I would hope they would win Best Picture, but this is the first one that when I saw, I was like, this has all the elements of a standard Best Picture type winner that could do it. I don't think it will, obviously, now in retrospect, especially all the controversy, but that's what I would say, and that, I think, speaks volumes, and it should be a positive overall effect, because now that this can be done, maybe something a little more savory for a lot of people that still has these elements can be done in the future that a lot of more people will enjoy.
3: I'll happily agree that I hope it opens the door to different types of films in the comic book uh, medium. And in the superhero, uh, I said comic book medium. And it's a genre. It is a medium, not a genre. Never mind. You had it right. I I had it right the first time. Uh, I love artistic chances. I, I hope we get a lot more experiments that aren't just attempts to duplicate this. Uh, and yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Thank John. Thank you. I where can people it. find you on the internet? Yeah,
4: you can find me at the Roka Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you're in Orlando this Friday or Saturday, you can see me competing in a particular
0: event about movie trivia live.
3: Ooh. And he's got a cool
0: bat-related guest on the deep cut. I'm just, just saying. So, I'm just, just saying. saying. I mean, Slight nudge possibly you know happening bat-related. Also, give us that sweeping romance Mr. Freeze movie. If you want to follow up Joker, give me that Nicholas Sparks Mr. Freeze. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: we are going to let Koi rest. I pushed it a bit because we were having too much fun on the were. There's no one to stop us because the producer is <laughs> here. It's
0: true. <laughs> and he said the F word. Until next time, <laughs>
3: stay, sweaty. stay sweaty.
4: I said Fig Newton's.
1: <laughs> Napa Know How. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa.